That was a good year. Well, welcome everyone to Lakeland Community Church. It is just a two days now from saying Happy New Year. So I thought, uh, why don't we take a look and see where we've come from and what that tells us about who we are. So we've kind of got this set up like it's, you know, the 2012 party and it's clearly over. This place is a mess. So uh, as we clean up, we'll uncover the things that we've done. It'll tell us who we are and, and help us look forward to the coming year. So if this is your first time to an official, you know, Lakeland Sunday morning service, you came on a really good day because normally you would have to spend a couple of years going to a church to hear all of this, what we're all about and what we believe in stuff as much as you're going to hear expunged here so quickly in one morning. And for those of you who uh, expunged, it's a good word choice. It's a word you find in books, Bert. Um, so uh, you, uh, you, uh, yep. Yeah, and if, you're, if you've been here for years and years, um, you can uh, be reminded. This is a good time of year to be reminded. Who, what are we all about? What drives us? What's important to us? So let's get rolling. January, we started out preaching the book of Amos. In the book of Amos, the Lord pulls out a plumb line. Do you remember that? And the Lord teaches us, oh, we don't measure up. Uh, God doesn't measure up to us. We measure up to God. Now, Amos was a tough book, and we preached, you know, all nine chapters of the thing. And so because it was so hard to understand, we set up a texting station, and all during the series, you could text your questions about Amos right up during the sermon. We would stop and address those questions. And I think um, that tells us a lot. We tackle tough books of the Bible, and we want to have engagement. We want to have understanding, and we welcome questions. You can uh, ask them right in the middle of the sermon when we have a screener. And so, uh, you know, you can, uh, I want to do something like that again. I want to do that, something like that again in the coming year if we hit another text like that. That was January, then came February, and on February, we celebrate Ash Wednesday. These are the palm branches from Palm Sunday. You know, the kids wave them as they come in the Sunday before Easter, but we save them for a year. And then sometime in the next few weeks, these will be burned and turned into ashes. And then we will come in on Ash Wednesday here in February, and we'll place these ashes on our forehead as a sign of repentance. That will begin the season of Lent and fasting and repentance before God. Now, I was approached by someone who said to me, you know, everyone I've ever known that fasts for Lent and does Ash Wednesday are some of the grossest sinners you'll ever meet. It was meant to be an insult, and, and, I, and I took it that way. Um, it was, he was meaning to say, uh, churches like yours that do Ash Wednesday and Lent, you know, you guys are faking your way through repentance. You have all these little rituals, and you do this 40-day thing before Easter, and it makes you feel good, but really, your lives are gross. Whereas, he meant, people uh, in churches like his church that doesn't do Ash Wednesday and Lent, it's just filled with holy and righteous people. And although he meant it as a dig, I'm just going to go ahead and say every word of it was true. Repentance and Lent is for people who sin. It's for sinners. If you are a holy and righteous person, you don't need a season of repentance. But we do. We do. I do. This church is for people who come in and say, uh, head bowed, Lord have mercy on me, a sinner. And the reason why we have to do it every year for 40 days is not because we think you only repent for 40 days. It's because we're so bad at it that we have to have an annual season of practice for seven straight weeks to remind ourselves again how to seek forgiveness from God. But then it always ends in Easter. 
and the hope and the joy of the resurrection and the promise of new life and eternal life. So we're gonna do the season of Lent and Ash Wednesday again. And if you are a holy and righteous person, maybe you can teach us something, but probably you'd just be comfortable going somewhere else. Okay. Um, <laughs> then came April, and we were preaching um, Join the Picnic. And Join the Picnic was our metaphor about the church is not like a restaurant, right? It's not where some serve and others eat, and maybe there's a tip at the end. But church is like a picnic where everyone eats, but everyone also brings something. Everyone serves. And so we said, everyone, God has given you a spiritual gift for building up his church. You must discover it. You can't hide it in a basket. And you must use it. Church only works when everyone's involved. I'll just try to say it very plainly. It's just not acceptable for you to come and sit and watch. It's really not that great of a show, to be quite honest. It only works when everyone's involved. So in the coming year, we're going to have opportunities for you to discover what your spiritual gifts are and opportunities to join and serve because you stick in a spiritual community that you're involved in. There's something about doing something significant, something difficult together that binds you together. I mean, I'm sorry I covered up this beautiful Christmas set with all this junk, but this, this thing was beautiful and tons of people volunteered to work on this and I bet right now that they're looking at each other and thinking, you know, that was harder to make even than it looks. And uh, they were bound together by the blood, sweat, and tears they put in. Even the, the folks who folded programs for us uh, during Advent, you know, we put little uh, myrrh and frankincense scents on them. Somebody had an asthma attack. So, you know, even being a greeter, you take your life in your own hands around here. <laughs> and, and, it, and it binds us together to face death like that um, in serving the church. So we don't have a single hand that we can spare. And the Lord gave you a gift for building up your church, this church. And so when those opportunities come in the new year, all of you, I want you to take it. I want you to join the picnic. Pentecost came along in May, and in Pentecost, my favorite moment was when we had this huge line of people up front here, and they were all people who had been to China. They had been to Mexico. They had been to Haiti. They had been to Africa. They had been to Native American reservations. They had served in the inner city. They had been sent out. We believe the Holy Spirit sends us out even beyond the walls of this church and this community. These are the things that Jesus would do. His will was that the gospel would go out to Judea, to Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. And, and we want to be caught when Jesus returns. Unexpectedly, the scripture reminds us. We want to be caught in that moment doing the things Jesus would do in the places he would do them with the people he would do them with. And so, I ask you to look in the program this next year for your opportunity to reach beyond something even bigger than yourself. There'll be opportunities to go to China. There'll be opportunities to go to Haiti and to, to Mexico and to Africa. And look for those and, and prayerfully ask, Lord, would you like me to go to one of these places and see my brothers and sisters in Christ who I will spend eternity with doing some of the exact same things and some radically different things and, and receive all the ways that will change my soul. We believe we're all about that. That was in May in June, we opened up the book of 2 Samuel. And in 2 Samuel, we found the life of King David and his son Absalom. Do you remember preaching that in June? What a tragic father-son relationship those two had. And we learned something about our church as we read that. We learned that Lakeland Community Church is filled with smart 
ambitious, energetic, spirit-filled servants of Christ. And we learn that Lakeland Community Church is also filled with a lot of wounded children. All of us, if you reach back in our life, have a wound. All of us have something that was placed on us, a mark, a scar that was placed on us. And if we just cover them up and we don't deal with them, they fester, like they festered in David's family. And they come to light in the most horrifying ways. Just when things are supposed to go good, those dark pasts rise up. And so, as much as we are a church about mission and being sent out, we're also a church about turning inward. And we're also a church about healing. Because when you go out, it forces you to face yourself. And when you face yourself, it empowers you to go out. And so there's this constant um, union of these two in flow. And so we are about both. And so as much as we talk about mission, we'll also talk about marriage and anger and parenting and depression and sickness and aging, being single and raising kids. Okay, we'll, we'll do all that stuff because it's all part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we get it all from scripture. Speaking of scripture, I've got a Bible over here. This Bible's gotten a little dusty from lack of use. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But not here. Not here. Scripture is the voice. In July, Dan came and he preached that we should memorize scripture. We have all these other voices coming at us. We need to memorize scripture to have the voice of scripture inside us so it can be the true voice. So that come every few years when the voices start screaming, it's the end of the world. The Mayans were right. The calendar's gonna run out. It's the fiscal cliff. Grab your guns, store up some canned goods. The illegal immigrants are coming. You can have a voice in your heart that says, I didn't come to give you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power. And that will be the true voice in your life. And you can rise up in courage given to you by the Lord. So we preached Amos last year and 2 Samuel and Psalms and Matthew. And in, in this coming year, we're going to do the Gospel of Mark. We're going to do 1 Peter. We're going to do the book of Acts. There's going to be other books that haven't been decided yet, but we're going to get these scriptures inside us and let them teach us how to repent, how to face suffering, how to be the church. We're guided by the scriptures. It's our one true voice. And then came August. Do you remember August? You remember being on Facebook in August with, when the whole world was all about being either gay or eating chicken sandwiches? Do you remember that we had already decided that we were going to preach a message called uh, the church and homosexuality, and then two weeks before our message, this whole thing erupted? I was so excited for the opportunity to preach under that political climate. By the time the message was done, I didn't know what I'd been so worked up about. We didn't say anything new. So the gospel of Jesus Christ has always been about forgiveness and restoration. And we believe that applies to gay and lesbian people too. And the gospel of Jesus Christ has always been about repentance and turning from sin and that Christ meets us where we are and then takes us someplace new. And we just believe that story applies to gay and lesbian people too. So we really didn't have anything new or shocking to say. We just said the same thing the church has said for a thousand years. We turn from sin and by the power of the Holy Spirit receive eternal life through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Maybe we just said, and that applies to everybody. Then, thankfully, we got to go away for some fun at the end of August. And uh, we had Lakeland Camp. So Lakeland Camp, grown-ups, kids, grandparents, single people, married people. We invite everyone to go and have a really good time. We had an alien invasion theme this year for camp. And it horrified the kids, and they stayed up all night crying. And it was really a beautiful expression of the church. But uh, we value fun at Lakeland Community Church. We believe that fun is not just recreating, fun is recreating. Fun recreates us. The Lord left many festivals in the Bible and a weekly Sabbath to tell us, stop, stop, stop. Okay, now enjoy one another and enjoy God. And we're all about that. So here at Lakeland Community Church, you're going to be subjected to constant silliness and intentional stupidity. (laughs) And if that's not your bag, you know, you're going to have a terrible time here, but we won't hold it against you. Even that's a joke. If you have no sense of humor or fun, we're totally going to hold it against you. It's just, it's just who we are. So uh, we look forward to our camp next year when our theme will be, where in the world is Agent X? So it's going to be like spies and 007 and hopefully a lot less scary for the children. (laughs) Then came September and we had the congregation versus staff volleyball grudge match. No need to talk about who won. But um, this was to celebrate the halfway point of our financial challenge. This is something you'll want to know if you want to call Lakeland home. Every three years, we do a big financial challenge, a big push to raise even additional funds above normal tithes and offerings in order to do uh, further things in our community and around the world in the name of Jesus Christ. And uh, so as one is our current financial challenge, in September, we were halfway through year and a half in, year and a half to go. And so we celebrated with a big picnic and a volleyball game. Now there's like 16 goals for has one. We'll have other Sundays to talk about that. But our two big expensive goals in 2012 was that we would repave the parking lot and that we would put a roof. Thank you, someone said. Um, yeah, it just, yep, okay. And uh, I admit no guilt for what happened to your tires. And so, and uh, Pave the parking lot and to put a roof on the Eastland house, which is a ministry house we're building across the street from our inner city partners, the Hope Center. I'm so glad to say that uh, by the grace of God and through the generosity and faithfulness of people, we did both of those goals by the halfway mark in 2012. So that was cool. Um, so the big goals for this year on As One, again, there's many, but the big ones will be to update some technology here in the sanctuary to finish what we can finish with the money that we have on the Eastland House, and then to update our uh, children and youth rooms. A third of this congregation is under the age of 18. So they're a very important part of our body and a very important uh, that we give them the best ministry that that we can offer. So that will be the As One Financial Challenge, and you'll hear more about that as we go through 2013. 2013 is the last full year. Ends in March of uh, 2014. Then came October... In October, we celebrated All Saints Day. You saw a lot of footage from that. This is a saint board someone made to celebrate um, John Newton. This was the author of uh, the song Amazing Grace. And if you came on that morning, there was about 34, 35 other famous people from Christian history that we celebrated and learned from and used as models on All Saints Day. Now, the question is... 
Why is a church that has a rock and roll truss and guitar band and everything celebrating these ancient holidays like All Saints Day and over here Advent, we you know, here are the five Advent candles. Why are we doing all this old stuff? And the reason is because this is a non-denominational church that we can steal from any tradition we want if it's cool. <laughs> So if video and, and music that is contemporary feel like helps us express the good news of Jesus Christ, then we'll use it. On the other hand, if a several hundred year old Christmas tradition or looking at Christian figures on All Saints Day helps us, we'll do that too. Because we think it's a bit arrogant to say the faith was handed to us by 2,000 years of the church, but they were all dummies. They did it all wrong. We're the only ones who've ever done anything right. That's super arrogant. So we also look at the practices of the ancient church and say, what about that? Still could work for us and still draw us closer to God. And that's what we do. That brought us to the end of the year. So now let's talk uh, just a bit about 2013. 2013, we're going to start off right at the beginning of that looking inward. Uh, in fact, next week, Mike and Becky Qualls of the Firm Foundations uh, Marriage and Family Ministry will be here with us. They're gonna be sharing with us about marriage and harmony. We're gonna start taking those inward looks and building a firm foundation. We're gonna invite them throughout the year to come back and visit us to offer classes on parenting, right? These are the battles we fight every day. And we're going to do that. And I know that this is not a masonry trowel, but we could only find a drywall trowel, so I apologize. Uh, if you're that handy and you knew that, you need to sign up for a team <laughs> using your craftsman gift God has given you to build the church, and you can get me a masonry trowel next time we preach like this. Okay, so we're going to look inward, and we're, that's how we're going to start off the year. This is the giving basket. This fuels all the vision we've been talking about. We pass this every week. We're starting to have some new thoughts about a couple of things, and I wanted to share with you because they will require new resources that we've not previously discussed. Here's one thing we've been fighting here for a couple of years now in the church. We keep saying, uh, Lakeland's not going to get any younger. See, if we don't invest right now in the next generation of church leaders, folks who are in their late teens and early 20s now, we're going to quickly wake up one morning and find that we're all 60, 70, 80, going, where'd all the young people in the church go? And maybe we ought to have a pizza party and they'll show up and we'll be wrong. It'll be too late. The time to plant that tree is right now. So we've been thinking, how do we get that done? Okay, we got that on one hand. On the other hand, we have like high school students and stuff growing up right in our own congregation. Now, they get something from worship and hearing preaching like this. But you remember when you were in high school, for those of you who are Christian in high school, um, I've heard this, I wasn't. Um, but I've heard this. Uh, it's really, you grow at that age by going and doing. Not sitting and listening. Going and doing. And so, for those of you who were, who were Christian at that point in your life, you remember, you go on the missions trip. You even just go on a ski trip. It's just for fun, right? But somewhere on the long drive and staying up at night talking with a mentor in the faith, your heart begins to change. You begin to see the things of God. So we have this idea maybe to bring these two things together by uh, 
hiring like part-time a fleet of ministry trainees like Bible college students, college students, people from our own congregation in their early 20s. And we, um, you know, they don't have mortgages and they don't have kids and they just have all this free time and lots of energy and they're cheap and we just work them like little ministry slaves. <laughs> and, we, um, and we have them do our, our kids ministry, our middle school ministry, our high school ministry, and they bring all that energy and that enthusiasm and the, and the role models that they are because you pick quality folk our existing youth staff, then they disciple those people. Um, and then they also have time to do things they haven't previously, which is like go on the trips, go on the ministry trips. They can roll up to the high school and just have a pile of kids on a random Wednesday and take them somewhere. This one-on-one, this life-to-life, face-to-face ministry. Now, if you're thinking wisely about this, some of you are realizing, I could double dip on this. My kids are the right age right now that they would benefit from all this energy being thrown at them and this this staffing and this focus and these trips and, and so forth. But then my kid could very quickly in just a few years become one of those ministry trainees, being trained in the service of Jesus Christ. And you don't know what can happen when you do that sort of thing. There are about eight prominent ministers in this uh, county, uh, our pastor, one of them, who were all these kind of ministry trainees at Colonial Presbyterian up on Warnell. And they've gone out and they've started all these other churches. We don't know what our church may contribute to the kingdom of God by investing in early 20-year-olds. So, now we didn't have that idea when we put the budget together, so new asks coming up in 2013. And I want you to think about it. This is the season of tax returns and all that sort of thing. So talk about it with one another and pray about it um, to invest in the next generation of Christians in this community and who knows where else. What would we be willing to put to that? And that we're gonna, you're going to hear more about that in the coming months. Look at this. This is a pile of difficult questions you all turned in in just two different Sundays. That is the hugest pile of difficult questions ever. I haven't even read through all these yet, but uh, we're going to address as many of these as we can in 2013. We're going to address them because they're your questions. We're going to address them intelligently and honestly and biblically and with heartfelt compassion. I really want that to be our, our congregation's reputation in the community. That that's the place you go, and they will address your, your tough questions and your hang-ups and your sticking points, and they'll do it honestly and biblically and intelligently and with heartfelt compassion. I've thought a lot about uh, the reputation of our congregation in the community. You ever wonder what people say about Lakeland who don't go here? I've got a story. Someone from Lakeland got a call from one of their friends, and her friend said, oh, I just started going to a new church, you know, and uh, if you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to come. And your fellow Lakelander said, oh, actually, I do have a church home. I've been going there for like 10 years. And her friend said, oh, really, where's that? And she said, I go to Lakeland. And her friend said, oh, Lakeland, wait a minute, where's that? She said, well, it's on Colburn Road, across the street from the library, next door to Paradise Park. And her friend said, (laughs) you go there? You, of all people, go there? She said, what's the problem? She goes, everybody knows about that place. They let anybody go there. (laughs) That's what I said. 
I know what she's talking about. She's talking about the teens we invite to hang out with us on Thursday night. She's talking about some of you. You don't look right. You don't talk right. You don't vote right. You don't dress right. I know. She's talking about me. She's talking about what kind of a congregation would make someone like that a pastor? I wish that part were funny, but it's not. But when I hear this story, I'm reminded of uh, Jesus sitting at a table and people standing off to the side saying, look at that man, he eats with notorious sinners and tax collectors. If he was any kind of a prophet, he would know that woman who's touching him is a sinful woman. And Jesus always turned around and said, that's right. I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. I want to have a great reputation in the community, but if we've got to receive insults, if, as long as they're the same insults Jesus received, I'm totally comfortable with that. But I do want to talk about, to our ushers about who let Bert Whaley in here. <laughs> he used to beat me up every day after school. <laughs> the saddest part was we were both teachers at the time. <laughs> but I am touched to see you're coming to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, Bert. We made an after-school fighting thing, and we were sparring partners. And I seldom won, and I'm a little bitter. So why don't we close this morning with the bullhorn? <laughs> this isn't a real bullhorny kind of church, you know. But uh, I wanted to pick a symbol that meant proclamation, that meant to tell the good news. And I'd like to close this morning... Um, praying, praying for those in your life that you're hoping in this coming year could hear the good news. You have friends, you have family, you have neighbors, you have co-workers. And if God would just bring an opportunity for you to share your story of what God has done in your life, that the Holy Spirit would move them to accept your invitation and come and be part of us and grow along with us and join the picnic, you know, you know, they could receive forgiveness and they could receive an abundant life and they could receive eternal life. So I thought we'd close praying for them and we'll just say their names aloud and this will be our prayer. We'll lift them up to God. We'll just say Sarah and Mike and Randy and Melissa. If you don't want to say their names aloud because you know, something about it would be awkward, you just say, I have someone. I have someone. And we'll pray with you for that person. And uh, this is how we'll open up our new year in prayer that the good news will go out and that lives will be changed. Amen? Amen. So let us pray together and we'll just speak the names aloud of those we are lifting up to the Lord that he would draw them to himself. For Sarah.
Father, you hear these names. You know them each. Lord, we pray for opportunities to share the good news of what you have done. Let us cooperate with your Holy Spirit in bringing them into your community and your church and to hear the good news and to receive it and be healed. To have the abundant life that you offer. For them, for ourselves, for all, we look forward to the new kingdom and the new creation. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray, who didn't come to the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. In the name of Christ the King, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, one and all. Let's stand together and receive the benediction. May you go forward in power, ups and downs, highs and lows, empowered by the power of the Spirit, held in the church and serving in the church and making the church a beautiful expression of our Lord to all those we have prayed for and all those who have yet to walk through those doors. And we be ready with open arms and the open love of Jesus Christ. Go in peace. We'll see you next week, we hope.